Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Just uh, sat here thinking about Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. The usual. Yeah, I was going to say, any particular reason? or just... Yeah, just, you know, just thinking about it. Just thinking oh, it nice. might be time for a rewatch. Oh, Definitely. If only I had the Blu-ray collection sitting next to me. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this I don't know where that are... came from, but you know, <laughs> yeah. just a little for, thought. Thanks for the gift. Um, but yeah, no, this week we're going to be discussing a little on-demand movie, um, which hopefully people have checked out already. Um, it was getting like a little bit of buzz earlier this year, but obviously it was very much a small on-demand Shit, release. I, I just watched Ash vs. Evil Dead, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to be discussing Nightmare Cinema this week. Um which is, yeah, like I said, the latest anthology movie to arrive. Um, Been a while. Well, for an yeah, anthology, I was going to say, yeah. when was like, the last one? <sighs> yeah. I don't know. We, we had a few in like our, I think it was our first year or maybe even yeah. 2017. Um, we had Holidays that was probably our favorite one out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, we had a little self- bit of a run, didn't we? Yeah, there was a few others, but um, it's been a while. We we love a good anthology, but we'll get into we it. We do. Um, but yeah, first, there's a little bit of news. Um, this first one started off as a real crazy news story and then got revised by everyone. And now it's not as crazy. Um, <laughs> so the news story is to do with the TV series version of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw some of it. Which I didn't even. Did you even know this was a thing? Um, I didn't know it was a thing. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that it's a thing, but yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Um, so the, apparently they are doing a TV version of it. Is this Amazon? I think potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon um, Prime. Yeah. So um, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Obviously based upon mm-hmm. the 1997 slasher film. Um, and yeah. yeah, kind of the first news story, which uh, <laughs> this this is not true apparently, but this was like what the hell was that James Wan would be directing the pilot. Um, well, I just has... saw the headline: James Wan directs. I know he did last summer reboot. I was like, oh my god, he's doing a movie. He's doing. <laughs> I know he did last summer movie. Then I saw the headline. It was like, oh, it's just a pilot for a TV show. And now I'm just like, he just went. That'd be cool. And that's about it, right? Yeah. So the correction is that he <laughs> is just producing, um, not yeah. directing. Which um, that was There's why a slight this was, difference. There. Slight difference. That was why this was the original lead news story because I thought James Wan directing anything is, of course, huge news Mad. and. As we've discussed in the past few weeks, I feel like he's a guy that can literally pick his projects at this point. He's Jimmy Big um, Potatoes. Yeah, and if this was the project, I, I read this news story, obviously, before it got corrected, and it was just like, what on earth? Like, I was actually angry. I was like, if this motherfucker does not have time to make <laughs> The Conjuring free and direct that, but he's actually going to pilot this TV show, I'm going to be really annoyed. Um, I was just really disappointed that he wasn't directing the whole goddamn movie reboot, to be honest. That's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted. <laughs> that would have been crazy as well, but um, I don't know what would have been even more crazy. Like, the fact that James Wan directing, like, a TV pilot would have just been mental, but of course, this has been revised so he is now producing it um god knows what that means of course producing credits can range from everything to you know they're all over the project um and they do everything to yeah literally just a thumbs up at the end of the day being there Um, at the premiere maybe 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 a little video intro yeah like uh, we had this great period post hostel where eli roth presents i feel like you could you could buy that on ebay for like 50 quid and just have it at the start of your movie we were gonna get our podcast uh endorsed (laughs) that way but we decided we would save the 50 quid yeah that'd be great um cheap shots for eli sorry (laughs) Sorry, bro (laughs) no we're big eli fans as well um but yeah Yeah, it was a point where it just 
it didn't mean anything. Oh, it was. No, it was just like, yeah. Or, or, or the my favorite one was from the producers of Saw. Yeah. That that still kind of exists. Like, even now we see it. And well, right now it's like It from those that made yeah. It. I'm like, really? Like... Every Bloomhouse movie says from the producers of Get Out Now. And it's yeah. just like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, I love it um but yeah so what i mean is there anything else to add about this new story like i don't think i don't really have much to say about it i didn't even know there was a tv show coming it was a stretch to get me interested in a t in a scream version like i dig i know it did last summer and yeah. i dig a, a movie remake but you know it, it, it might work you know but you know i'm gonna watch some slasher shit let's put it this way <laughs> i was gonna say like i like slasher tv shows um and yeah. i definitely like this brand as well like it's a cool take on a slasher mm. movie um so yeah. this is definitely something that i'm interested in but obviously not as much not knowing that yeah if james Wan was directing i'd just be like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. um but uh yeah moving on to the next one um it is to do with a movie that yeah keeps being talked about every week at this point um it chapter two um as we man, are, i can't i'm as can't, we are. Too, i'm i'm honestly too excited and <laughs> we ha- we can't keep talking about it well this one's quite interesting he's basically talking about the runtime of the upcoming movie um oh, Christ. because obviously we talk about uh run times of movies a lot and there was a few points mm. that i wanted to bring up here which is why i put this new story in here but um this is basically uh so from andy muschetti himself he says Uh, At the beginning, when you're writing and building the beats of the story, everything that you put in there seems to be very essential to the story. However, when you have the movie finally edited and it's four hours long, you realize that some of the events and some of the beats can be easily lifted, but the essence of the story remains intact. I respect the fuck out of this guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He he continued, you cannot deliver a four-hour movie because people will start to feel uncomfortable no matter what they see. But we ended up having a movie that is two hours and 45 minutes and the pacing is very good. No one who's seen the movie has had any complaint. Um, so yeah, obviously saying the movie is two hours and forty five minutes long. Um, That's the one spicy meatball. Yeah, so I, it seems like we might disagree on this because um, my point was going to be basically that because we talk about runtimes a lot, obviously. Yeah. And I just wanted to clarify that I don't have a problem with long movies. I no, think because no, I think I. that's something that comes across a lot because we complain about them. But mm. I think it's just because you have to earn it and you have to show that you know you can actually deserve you, to have you, a. You have to. Time. You have to earn it, and I think as well, a, a horror movie you have to earn it even more than you do yeah. with other types of movies. You know, you look at like you know we've we've spoke about this movie <laughs> a lot recently, but Avengers Endgame. Oh, drink. Did 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 not care how long that movie was. Mm. Uh, because it had, it had given me 10 years build up and mm. you know the payoff and it's just a different pacing and so i really like everything that he's just said about you know it, it still paces correctly because mm. yeah you can have an absolute you know how, how long is the shining or you know i mean you know there's a ton of really long horror movies that are fantastic mm. it's just the the vast majority the 90 minute is the sweet spot but it's not it's not a golden rule for all yeah it's a good point to make we're talking specifically about horror because i agree Mm. with you it is difficult um but i was definitely thinking about this a lot with obviously um like say with endgame and obviously whenever i finally get to see it in a few weeks but um with once upon a time in hollywood um Mm. i was joking about that where i was like god God, i hope this movie is like four or five hours long um because that's a type of movie where you know the director and you know you just want to sit in it and yeah like i have no problem with that and so i it it was making me think a lot about runtimes and how i think it's a bit bizarre and strange that we are still and this has been the case for so many years where it's like 99 percent of movies are between 80 minutes and three hours long 
literally mm. at least 99 percent of them and even if you include weird like dvd releases like the extended lord of the rings which i don't i think is a different thing entirely mm-hmm. um but even if you want to include that it's still like 99 percent of movies fit into that that time yeah. frame and i always and thought that was should. weird because they should but I, I, was, I was curious because we see a lot of like we obviously saw what um ariasta was saying when he first did his first cut for midsummer um yeah. and we're seeing this now where Will we get to a point where you think a filmmaker would just be confident to be like, look, I've got the car, it's four hours, this is what I'm comfortable with, and this is what I want to release? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting because, you know, you look at a book and, and you know, books come in all shapes and sizes and, you know, even, even via author, you look at something like King's Collection mm. and it spans from kind of, you know, very short to an absolute Goliath and... um you know that medium does transcend that way you know even tv shows they really don't have a formula you know some shows are 20 minutes a la ash vs evil dead my mm. boy you know you know you're getting 10 episodes and then you get some that are like well they're gonna be 70 minutes long we're gonna get six then we're gonna get 12 and we're you know game of thrones styley walking dead doesn't know what the hell it's doing season on season it just um it's it's just very different isn't it but but with film it has seemed that it's been regimented for so long um yeah another comparison as well something that we're very familiar with is video games and obviously mm. like prices do vary quite a bit but you also see you could pay 40 pounds which is about the traditional price for a game in the uk um the yeah. equivalent to like 60 dollars in the us and you can get some games that are like four hours long and then you can also get games that are not hundreds, even exaggerating yeah. yeah like hundreds 200 hours long mm. and that cost the exact same uh price of entry or some mm. games that are literally thousands at this point like games like as a service yeah. um like something like Fortnite is free and some people could spend thousands of hours playing it um yeah. so, so i always think that is a weird thing as well obviously it's a completely different comparison but yeah i think there are certain movies that uh, and maybe it's a price thing i don't know because I, I would be more than happy to pay more obviously if the movies are longer but yeah there's there yeah. just i seem like there's more movies lately where i would be willing for it to be longer i and think i wouldn't I have think a problem probably with that. the in my mind, I just hit the nail on the head, and that is that all the other things we discussed, you primarily absorb at home. Yeah. Going out to the cinema, to people traditionally go in the evening, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch it. I'm going to go to the 8 o'clock screening, and you get out at 1 a.m., <laughs> you know, and then and people would just be like, what the fuck? What the hell's going on? Like, that's not what I planned for, and kind mm. of, you know, unless we break away from the traditional cinema mold, which we are getting closer to, yeah. hell of a lot closer to. But until that happens, I think that's probably part of the reason that people have learned in their mind that, you know, it'd be like going to the theater and being like, oh, OK, this is 12 hours. We'd be like, mm. what? You know, but yeah, for TV shows, hours and hours, pause it, you know, carry on the next night, whatever, a book, put bookmark in it, bosh, you know. And I think that's probably why yeah. um, until we get away from that traditional um, cinema, you know, still ruling the movie world um we won't move away from it massively yeah i agree i think we're gonna still see like movies are gonna try and always get under that sweet yeah. spot um but yeah i want to see someone do it out there you know if you're listening if, if james cameron if you're listening you want to make your next movie like four and a half hours just do it because i think it'd be Especially hilarious it oh, movie. <laughs> um but uh Not yeah just we... four hours under the sea man like <laughs> i know you like it but <laughs> 
um I, we haven't really discussed it too much about in regards to this context i thought it was more <laughs> interesting in the wider sense but i'm i'm oh, obviously yeah, yeah, I'm super happy for it being this long um oh, yeah. it puts the two movies at five hours uh total together um, hell yeah so that's a fun one to watch back to back that's where oh, i'll get my real run you know time. yeah you know what we're doing next halloween bro <laughs> exactly um Oh, I just can't wait. It's so it's so soon. Um, but yeah, next up on here is a is a trailer for a movie that is very much long awaited by many fans. Is the uh, the new Zombieland? Um, sort of dropped their first official trailer. Um, th- this the is big Halloween a, release. Yeah, like this. That was the thing I was going to talk to you about. Like, it <laughs> seems like it's got it all by itself, which is yeah. really bizarre. Um, you know, because it's obviously skew is more comedy, um, with obviously the zombie stuff as well. And yeah, we've talked a lot in the last few shows about how there's all these movies, you know, competing for this, this mm. Halloween space as it were yet Zombieland two got it all by itself this, this October. And yeah. I really think it's primed to make a lot of money, which is good for it. Yeah, um, definitely. But, uh, yeah, this trailer, I checked it out. Um, it was interesting. Like it very much looked like Zombieland. Um, which is weird because obviously it's been so long since yeah, the last it's one. So, it's it's such a weird thing because yeah, I never really even realized that Zombieland was that much of a big deal. Like mm. I saw it, and as someone that loves zombie movies, you know, it should be right up my alley. It mm. it never really sat massively. I love the opening, yeah, where it was kind of like comic book styley. We had the rules, and we kind of like had the the opening is, was fantastic. And then it just kind of petered off into a very by-the-numbers type thing for me, where it lost a lot of its charm that it had in those opening scenes. I really thought that there'd be, you know, him talking to the camera and, you know, these kind of uh, texts popping up on screen, all that stuff kind of that was in the beginning, like, throughout the movie, and it really just didn't Mm. happen. Um, And I was a bit disappointed by that. Like, it's not something that I would normally want, but it was was different, and I quite liked it at the time. But, um, you know, I'm not too keen on the two actors, you know. um, Mm. Seeing them at any point doesn't overly excite me, if I'm honest. So, um, you know, but still, I love me a zombie movie. And I love, you know, a big-budget zombie movie does get me excited to see what we're going to get. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was a movie that I watched shortly after it came out, and mm. I've only seen it once and enjoyed yeah, it, but it never really stuck with me. I've never felt the urge to rewatch it. As someone who rewatches movies a lot, that was never one that I felt like I needed to go back and watch. No. And um, it's been on Netflix like the whole time, because I've yeah. even, like, at one point, I did watch the opening. Right. Because, <laughs> like, even before this was announced, I just put the opening on one day, and I was like, yeah, I remember now. This this is sick. I'm just going to stop and have good memories of that. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first 10 minutes is immense. Oh, yeah, it's really good. And, yeah, the, the trailer is the zombies look amazing in it. Um, the, the, the jokes are one of those things where they're either going to land with you or they're not. And mm. all, pretty much all of the Woody Harrison one-liners didn't land with me at all, and I just was, like, no. felt awkward by it. Question, so. has a Woody Harrison one-liner ever landed with you? maybe like 10 years ago but certainly not in the last five years he was a boss at wimbledon this year (laughs) was he (laughs) that all made me laugh right did you not see any of that no oh that's a whole new side note but he was absolutely smashed at wimbledon look at oh was he brilliant (laughs) yeah yeah you've got to look it up it's fantastic (laughs) great um i do love that um but yeah like again we'll we'll obviously watch it but it's not one of the ones that i'm most excited for um But uh, yeah, this next news story, um, I just wanted to throw this in. There isn't a huge amount of update about it, but it's about the Purge TV show. Um, Because I kind of just forgot it was coming back this year. Oh, Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah. so Yeah, so season two. Yeah, so season one, obviously, last year, we really liked uh, a lot. And this obviously Mm. doesn't continue those characters. It is like a new set of characters. I I agree, very much so. Um, But yeah, we don't even have a release date for this year. It just says coming this fall. Um, But there was a small... Zombieland. 
Yeah. Um, there was a small teaser trailer and then basically the synopsis, which I thought was interesting because this is something that they've always talked about, yet they haven't actually done yet, which is they always talk about how they want to show you the rest of the year, you know, like what right. effect does the Purge Night have, but not necessarily showing it. And okay. um, apparently that is what this season is about. Um, interesting kind of yeah the other 364 days and yeah like i agree with you i think it is interesting and i always think as a concept that's something that people mm. really crave but i really I don't worry know. about the execution of that because yeah. people come to watch the purge because they want to see a purge yeah um like I if everything's well. like yeah if everything's like cool and like someone's thinking of robin then they kind of <laughs> like write a list like oh in 200 days it's gonna get you well, like, i'm sure they're gonna make it more interesting than that hopefully i kind of um... <laughs> want just in 200 days no i think that's what it's gonna be and they're like after you no after you and then they just like do a little tick on a list it's basically the jericho the list yeah deep breath um, and cut there everyone's gonna love that um listen yeah, everyone I always, everyone everyone loves the list jericho. i'm always here for a chris jericho reference at any point yeah. um cool. Cool. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm just excited for this TV show. Obviously, last year was really before... Chris Jericho on it. Now I don't even care about the TV show. <laughs> no, let's bring it back to the TV show. Um, the we actually got this, didn't we, in the UK last time as well? Oh yeah, nice. we got it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, which is great because a lot of TV shows they just don't seem to care about anything with the UK. Womp, womp. Um, so yeah, hopefully they'll do a similar deal with that. Um, yeah. But Shuttle yeah, get it. yeah what some sort of shutter will one day <laughs> yeah um but uh this next, this next news story was another interesting one in a similar vein as the first news story where i saw this got posted and was like oh that's cool i'll add it to the news stories for the show and then when it came to actually finding it every website had deleted it and i still <laughs> don't know why i um, like it I'm assuming there's some sort of misinformation in here um so we know about this movie before so we know this actually exists um the movie is in the tall grass um, which oh, is yeah. a Stephen King and Joe Hill novella, which mm. is being adapted for Netflix. Um, yeah. And it is starring Patrick Wilson. Um, now, everything I've just said gets me very excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, we So I think the reason why it's got deleted is because maybe this release date just was wrong um, because they were, they were initially reporting that it's going to be out October 4th. Right. Um, so obviously don't take this as a hundred percent now. Cause for some unknown reason, I checked like at least four different websites on, on you know, from Google search and they've all just deleted the, the, the news article. Um, mm. so I'm not sure why, cause we know this movie exists, like there's posters out for it. And if you actually search for it on Netflix, there's already an option to like add it to your list. Oh, um, really? That's mad. Yeah. I know. Cause that I normally means it. that it's in the pipeline. Yeah. You know, closer than, yeah definitely so um yeah just waiting for this but ho- ho- i mean october would be a great time to obviously throw this on but um yeah, yeah it sounds right right in the middle of it and dr sleep would be lovely as well because then we would just have these like three consecutive months of stephen king adaptations um oh. which would be awesome um but yeah and then finally this last news story this was a trailer that dropped today um for a movie that has been much talked about for a very long time um is the the movie the lighthouse um which Mm. is uh, of course the follow-up from the director of the witch um which of course was like a massive standout movie at the time um very much kind of one of those indie hits similar to like hereditary um and very much like a love or hate it type movie um even Mm. though we didn't necessarily love or hate it we just kind of thought it was decent we respected the hell out (laughs) of it yeah um but um yeah this next movie is kind of i think he's going even more love it or hate it um (laughs) and being even more yeah even more of like an indie darling you know this guy doesn't want to necessarily you know uh be the biggest fan of make money no yeah i was gonna say (laughs) um because he decided to shoot this movie entirely on black and white stock um 
and it is basically so it's starring willem dafoe and robert patterson and it seems like from the trailer which came out today that is it's very much just going to be these two people isolated you know from the title they're working in a lighthouse here's these two men just let's just watch them go completely crazy and it's going to be in black and white <laughs> um so I, I i was interested in the trailer actually it's kind of it does look very slow and very much like an old movie the way it's shot not just because it's black and white but very much the style that he's trying to create as well um the, the thing is i mean you know that you're going to be one hell of a like over the top movie when you're filming in black and white and it's starring yeah. willem dafoe yeah like you really know you're going for some art house you shit at this point that, <laughs> yeah. that really is going to be a marmite um, yeah yeah i just i just looked on imdb and there are three people credited in this movie wow okay that's one more than i was expecting <laughs> yeah, um, the, the third character name is interesting <laughs> right okay <laughs> um but uh would you like to hear the third character name is it like god or something <laughs> <laughs> mermaid oh brilliant <laughs> hopefully that's not a big spoiler because it sounds like it is because <laughs> i didn't expect there to be anything sort of he supernatural is, but that sounds he is cool. called thomas wake though so i hope it's an alan wake kind of mm. adaptation i think you should check out this trailer at some point if you can be bothered because obviously trailers are annoying at the best of times mm. but um because i again i have no idea if it's something i like i could watch this and i could absolutely hate it and obviously this isn't our typical type of horror that we like mm. um but there's something about this that i thought it's di it's very different and i always want something that's different um now again talking about runtimes if i see this movie's like two and a half hours it's going to be worrying to me would you like an hour and 50 yeah, that's not too bad yeah Okay, I'll take IMDb. that. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, again, no official release on this year. Apparently, it's getting a limited release in October. Um, but again, this is very indie. But A24 have picked it up, you know, who who do like uh, Midsummer mm. and Hereditary and that sort of stuff. And obviously, Midsummer was a huge release. Um, so who knows? Mega. Bigger than Spider-Man, some would say. <laughs> yeah, in our in our area it was, which says a lot about where we live. Um, <laughs> but, <love> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it for this week for the news. Some pretty interesting stuff in there. Um mm. But yeah, should we talk about this week's film? Do it. Let's talk about Nightmare Cinema. So yeah, obviously, as we said at the start of the show, a little anthology film, which is nice. Um, what was it, like five segments for this one? Um, yeah, five sounds With right. a wraparound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you could call it, it that. It had a wraparound. It had a wrap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got five. I've got five. Right, okay. I'm already struggling to remember some of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to write down my three-word synopsis of each one so, <laughs> right, I, so I could uh, remember. Them, I look so. forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I probably have to give you some of these because they are... Uh, well, well let's just start with it. We, we need a synopsis. That's where we start, yeah. right? <laughs> I, well, I mean, uh, so... <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> this goddamn movie. Mm. Like, I, I swear I don't know whether I, we've all seen the same movie. I know. Like, I don't even know at this point. I I look at the, 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 the trailer and, like, the, the poster that's on IMDb, and, like, mm. I don't know if that's the film I saw. And yeah. Like the the more I look into it, it's just kind of the most bizarre film. I, I feel like it was made over the course of about a decade. Yeah. Um, 
and then we'll somehow put together people yeah it's so bizarre like they've all never met in a room before yeah like and that doesn't matter because these anthologies can be a crazy that's exactly how abc's Um, feels but it works exactly um but it's just kind of like it's this weird hodgepodge where at the end of it they were like let's have a cinema let's mm. somehow get all the actors back and mickey rourke and then we'll <laughs> film a wraparound <laughs> yeah um so so yeah nightmare cinema <laughs> mickey rourke in this movie holy uh, shit oh yeah that'll be a conversation <laughs> um basically yeah these five kind of standalone anthology stories with this cinema as kind of the wraparound the the wraparound itself is kind of each of the main characters from the five stories gets somehow enticed into the cinema and ends up watching their movie on the big screen mm. um, or watching their short story, which I kind of liked and I didn't really need any more. Uh, like that, that was fine. Like a little wraparound, just a cool little thing. Um, Did you immediately kind of understand that when you was watching the movie? Because for me, it was one, the first was one was, a, was so confusing. Like, well, yeah. Obviously, we'll get into it, but like the the fir- the way the first story is portrayed is really the, bizarre because the, the movie, lead character yeah, the, isn't necessarily the lead character. No, the movie just starts. Yeah, and like there is no like welcome to Nightmare Cinema. Mm. Like uh, that I was expecting, it was just like Bosch. She's walked into the cinema. Then yeah, suddenly we're now thrown into a film, and I was like, hang on, what? Yeah, was this, what? And the yeah, I was I was confused. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I, I guess kind of brief should we give like a brief synopsis and then thoughts on each segment maybe yeah um, just keep very... the synopsis very brief because yeah. they don't they don't deserve a whole <laughs> no kind of breakdown um, so i guess like there might be slight spoilers in this bit mm. um so like um <laughs> I can't even say what my synopsis is for my my three word thing because it is actually spoilery. Right. But the <laughs> the first the first segment is k- kind of we get introduced to it as a very weird slasher movie. Um, yeah, it's just like it, a very it, generic, you know, show, yeah, a very generic on yeah, slasher movie. Uh, the, our our actress that we have in the cinema basically instantly is just shown running in the woods and it's almost like a knockoff Friday the 13th. Um, and kind of this slasher movie, you know, go, go some places by the end of it. Um, it was one that I wasn't, anthology movies are weird mm. because you're watching them and you have, you have so much less investment because you know that they're just little short segments. Yeah. So like this one, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. You're a dumb slasher. Fine. And like, it didn't, I, I, I didn't like it, uh, but I didn't hate it. Like it was just kind of like, okay, we got a little slasher thing. Then it went really weird. And I was like, okay, time to end and give me the new segment, which it did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's a review of that one. Like, yeah. I don't know where, where you stand on that, but yeah, it, I found it really dull. The first one, yeah. I think that with anthology movies, you want your first you, one you to really bring the fire. And the problem is we're just never going to get a record again, man. Not a record. VHS. Um, <laughs> VHS. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong three-letter word. Yeah, um, like, I, but even just with a lot of some of the other ones, I think that you, yeah. like, and obviously we'll, we'll yeah. talk about all these different a segments. for Apocalypse, but this, it's like, this, boom. This is one of the weaker segments of the whole film. And so to start with it, it was, it was like kind of just meh overall. I thought, um, you know, the fact that it is this, um, very generic on purpose take on a slasher. Mm. As, as soon as you're watching it, you're like waiting to see like, oh, okay, clearly on purpose, they're making this really generic. So they're going to have their own little clever twist on it, which is what mm. we've seen a million times, which, which sucked. 
yeah and at this point it's so hard to do that in any sort of clever or meaningful way and obviously with their take on it their twist as it were i definitely i didn't see it coming but it was no, also I... just kind of like oh, okay that's the thing i thought they were guess. gonna zoom out and they were all actually playing friday the 13th the game yeah. and were dying in real life alas <laughs> stay alive or like a vr system yeah, or something um, that's what i wanted but yeah just like There's their take movie. on it i was like oh that, that's a thing i guess that mm. you could do but it's not that clever and, and as i mentioned no, I... before we have this the female character god knows what her name is but she's the one who kind of stumbles into the cinema um <laughs> and obviously having now read the wikipedia after watching the movie it says that kind of these people will um kind of stumble into this movie theater and they're shown like their deepest darkest fears um, um so kind of like i didn't get that at all watching the movie um, from the first segment because i was like why is she this, watching this movie that she's in makes, and then it makes, changes because this obviously it makes more sense about every segment now <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> but to concentrate on this one like the fact that she's not really the lead character like this movie has a twist oh sorry this That's, story has a twist look, which that, we don't that need that to get into deep, deepest darkest fears that you're not the you're not the lead lady in your own story that is true, it's and that'd be some man. really interesting like man. commentary. But I don't think that's what they're going for. I think it was just a case of they had a <laughs> they had a kind of twist, as it were. And so this is my point: if you put this segment anywhere except first, it makes more sense. And I don't think it's a good segment anyway. But I think placing it first is the worst place to put it because at this point you haven't established that the kind of you're watching that character's no. fear. I on mean, screen. I feel like you know they paid Mickey Rourke to be there for two hours. They should have maybe got him to like say. Like, you know, welcome to your Mate, deepest he could barely speak anything in this film. I know, but that's... <laughs> what is wrong with him? We'll, we'll come to it. We'll come to it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's seg segment one. Yeah, I definitely found it disappointing as well. Like, yeah, it, it didn't inspire me in any way. The, the best part of it was the mediocre slasher. Like, the second we got to the <laughs> twist, it sucked, and the slasher sucked as well. Um, but the second, the second segment um, was uh, probably my favourite. Yeah, I wrote um, the exact same thing. I was like, it's, this, yeah. movie, this was a fun story that was probably my Yeah, um, and it, it all kind of centers around body image, and uh, we get introduced to kind of the, the second kind of leading lady uh, walking into her screening with a boyfriend, and she's got like a big scar on her face, um, and kind of we cut to her, her movie or her segment, and it's all to do with her with this boyfriend um him being kind of like super rich and her being like really insecure and him saying look i you know that he, he wants to be with her and if she's really insecure and worried he'll pay for plastic surgery to like you know fix the scarring and stuff and then her kind of jumping down this kind of you know weird world of plastic surgery and it becomes a very weird world of plastic surgery um mm. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like it really reminded me of kind of like, you know, the fact that Rabbit is coming out soon and um, that, you know, that movie sounds, I really liked the original. I only haven't watched it this year recently and I'm really down for the remake. And yeah, mm. this, this really kind of wet my whistle for that. And I thought it was really, I thought it was a really tight segment. Yeah, I, I liked it because it, it really reminded me of like classic Tales from the Crypt where it was just yeah. has this fun zany idea that, you know, within the first two minutes. Yeah, you know exactly what up, it is. Yeah, this like weird plastic surgery angle. And I like that they keep having this kind of like recurring line where they keep mentioning the mother and so that's like mm. this fun little thing yeah, like well, you know you know there's going to be this reveal um which was a great because a lot of these stories had bad endings because they just kind of ended and this was the only yeah. one really that had like an actual ending um mm. i would have liked maybe one other thing on top of that
flat when it happened but even so i thought that was still like a fun little moment and yeah, yeah this was short enough like i say it didn't overstay its welcome it had good acting and it had some really creepy scenes as well um because i think the first story because it was so just a generic take it was really dull and boring to watch whereas at least this story and the next one had like mm. some genuinely creepy moments in it so i'll give them credit for that as well um but yeah it wasn't anything amazing but i think that sh- that's already showing you the quality of this film as this was probably my favorite <laughs> yeah definitely same so the third third segment um is um uh, it, this was a weird one, like kind of uh, all to do with a priest and a nun and uh, demons in their kind of uh, private school or whatever you want to call it, church school or whatever. There's kind of like these weird kind of like schoolgirls living in this church and weird ghosty stuff happens. There's kind of the the, the movie itself opens with a, um, a suicide of one of the children and it kind of like it goes into like demony stuff and priesty stuff i guess yeah like this this was the one that that i found to be the biggest chore yeah um it was probably my least favorite because hmm. the slasher one just kind of ha- i don't know actually that <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I mean, who cares? They both not great. Like, yeah, th- this one just kind of it went on way too long. Yeah, it was trying to be serious for quite a while, and then it went really zany, and I don't think it really earned it. And by the time I was getting the zany stuff, I was already switched off. Mm. And if I'd have got that like earlier on, I might have been down for it because it was kind of it had some really crazy weird action towards the end but yeah. i just didn't care at that point like i was just like please end like you're one for three let's see what you can do with the rest <laughs> of it like that that's kind of how i felt with this one and it really it's it was the longest segment wasn't it yeah it felt the longest for sure i mm-hmm. I, I agree with you to some extent i probably liked it a little bit more i thought it started very poorly um mm. but by the end of it it started to win me over just because yeah, how good the was effects so, were i was so um, switched off by that point because yeah i agree with you like obviously i i've said multiple times in the show how i don't care for the kind of religious tropes in horror and this is very much that you know this is like all of the crucifixes and all of the demons and all of the uh, exorcisms and all of that stuff mm-hmm. that i don't care about in the slightest um so again yeah from a story perspective like i'm immediately switched off um but then yeah once it actually gets to it there's an early on kind of the mid turning point when it then starts to get good where there's a really cool effect of like uh, this is a slight spoiler i guess but who cares of like a kid doing that thing that we see in so many different horror movies where like their bodies all contort in and oh, they start yeah. crawling yeah. and i thought this looked amazing like it was one of the yeah. best i've ever seen it in a movie where i was like wow how did they do that like because you could see his actual face but it was on this really weird body and i was like that was a really great effect um and then later on like the gore got really really good um but like you say it's like they almost hid it where they had this really good effects mm. but then they kind of they i don't know if they're trying to swerve you but they're trying to lull you into the sense of security whether you think it's going to be this really boring religious thing of just people you know like chanting and doing exorcisms but then they give you this like crazy like splat yeah, or by think, the end of I it think that's why like when we got to this risky stuff, i was just i was just like gone yeah and it's a shame because it was good um the other thing and i guess this does go into spoiler territory a bit but you know they're um there's some crazy violence to like children in mm. this segment which is something that we've said like 
you don't get like in movies often because yeah. like if you get it you get it like once and normally it doesn't happen because it's something that no one really wants to see but they yeah. they did it in this in a way that i wasn't like affected by it and it yeah. just kind of like you know it was it, it was it was odd because if you'd have described what happened to me after like the beginning, I'd have been like, Oh no, like I don't want yeah. that. But like, it was, they, you know, they did it in a weirdly kind of, you know, slapsticky way that it, that it, it, it did work for the scene. Yeah. But it, it was, w- it was odd. It was weird. Like you say with the tone, because the, the name of this segment is called mash it. And that yep. is the name of the demon, and it's the oh, name that's that, kind of yeah. like on the theater. And they keep saying it, where it's like Mashit is coming after us, and I'm like, mm. this has to be intentionally comedic, right? Because yeah. it, it sounded ridiculous. And um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Where tonally, I don't, I don't know what they were trying to achieve with this one. Mm. Um, and again, that's a problem with anthologies in general, where unless you have this cohesive thing, and obviously we, we talk about it a lot in passing, but it's why I truly think VHS is so special. Mm. It's because tonally, even though all of the segments are completely different and have yeah. like, they range from the real, really grounded to the supernatural, they have the same tone throughout. They don't. There's not one that's just like, here's the comedy one for 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I think that's um, why, because, yeah, like you say, you throw a comedy one in there and you're just not ready for it. No, exactly. You're not sure if it's supposed to be or not. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a weird one for me. Like I said, I don't. Again, I don't think this is a a great segment. But when I stack yeah. it up against all of the rest, I'm like, this is towards the top for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know really. They're yeah. all <laughs> they're all fairly consistently just average yeah. for me. Yeah. I think that's part of it because because then we kind of got the black and white segment, and I was like, oh Christ, here we go. Where's <laughs> Willem Dafoe? Um, <laughs> and obviously, um, that. Um, was spearheaded by kind of the lead actress. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on her name. Can you help me out from Haunting the Hill House? Oh, I have no idea what her name no. is, but I just knew um, she was from that. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, um, I can't even remember her her, ne- her character name, but the 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 sister that that is runs the the morgue. Yeah, um, in Hill it's House, not kind of, <laughs> it's not Nell. Yeah, <laughs> um, she is the lead in that, and that instantly got me back into it when I realized it was a black and white segment, I was like, okay, but she's awesome. So like, where are we going to go with this? And this one was kind of, um, I guess, you know, like this take on um, mental health issues and kind of, you know, her seeing things that aren't necessarily real. And she's basically gone to this um, doctor's surgery for, um, or, or a, um, you know, a physiotherapist to kind of, um, you know, uh, figure out what's going on and why she's seeing these things and um it's it's a weird segment when you kind of with this one as well because you don't i don't really know where it's going Mm. um because we get introduced to her in the midst of her problems and then it just kind of meanders for quite a bit and it has some cool imagery and um you know that sort of thing but ultimately by the end of it i was just like huh it didn't really go anywhere I don't know how you felt about this one. Yeah, this for me was like the biggest waste of potential because you've got mm-hmm. an amazing actress in it. Um, mm-hmm. She played Shirley in uh, The Haunted of Hill House. Um, nice. She, uh, yeah, is an amazing actress. And I loved the initial setup. I thought the first scene when they were in the waiting room was so good. Yeah. Because obviously you have this weird use of black and white that's not throughout the entire episode, but for most of it. Um, and obviously she's like seeing things that aren't maybe or are there. Um, mm-hmm. And she has this kind of like effect where 
she says that everyone's face is starting yeah like everyone she talks to they start getting really weird and so the receptionist like every time it cuts away has like a new weird thing with her face well, well the, the brilliant thing was the receptionist was already quite weird yeah so, like, the first what about the, the, so the guy she's speaking to afterwards i don't <laughs> yeah. even think they used any effects on but i was like his ears are getting bigger every time they cut back <laughs> i was just staring at his yeah. ears the entire time and yeah, i was like those like, ears are massive it it was super interesting definitely the setup and oh, yeah, i thought I was the setup was amazing I, it, it just, just... It, yeah like once you got out of that initial diagnosis with the doctor mm. then it starts getting really weird because there are kids have disappeared and she's trying to find them and then ultimately yeah. i even struggled to remember how it ended where i was just like yeah. it just kind of ended yeah and i like, can't remember actually what the final like yeah takeaway moment was of this this segment. that was my this was my biggest yeah. disappointment because ultimately yeah, this yeah, ended up just being like a nothing segment but i think mm. had a really it was directed really well mm. um had great actors in it but they just never really had anything to say again which is the problem mm. with obviously yeah. when you're telling short stories you need to come up with like an interesting story yeah you've got in 10 or 15 nice. minutes but yeah. so many of these they seem like the story aspect was a bit they just kind of threw away yeah well this one kind of like had a start a bit of a middle you know yeah. and that was it um so it was very odd um and yeah going into the final one um this is kind of a um a young boy and his mum and dad um kind of having a he's, he's like this really gifted pianist and kind of him having a performance going back to the car park and uh it's basically a batman uh <laughs> uh you know uh, mythology at this point uh a mugging goes wrong and his parents get shot and he gets shot mm. and um it's all then about like his recovery in hospital and kind of it, he basically dies for like was it like 15 minutes or something mad mm. his heart stopped beating until the doctor's getting back and it's kind of you know what um gifts has he brought back kind of from this and kind of um you know, exploring kind of what's real and what's not as well. Um, and I I kind of dug this segment. Like, I wanted more from it because I felt like it did such a good job of what it gave me. But um, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, the start really hit me. You know, mm. the, the, the whole mugging scene. I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Yeah. When he's then in hospital and he's seeing things and talking to people and you're not quite sure what's real and what's not, I enjoyed that. It had some good imagery and kind of, and then by the end of it, I enjoyed like the, the, the final kind of payoff and almost like the little kind of, you know, it's an anthology movie, the little kind of stinger and everything. Like I, I enjoyed pretty much all of that. Mm. Um, so it was a pretty tight segment. You know, if we kind of got more like this, it would have been a pretty well-rounded movie. Um, you know it wasn't it wasn't the the best thing i've ever seen or the best shot i've ever seen but it was definitely you know one of these ones where i was just like yeah solid yeah it was i don't i, I disagree slightly i thought that the the opening was really solid like it mm. was so tense like i was not expecting that i agree with no. you where you expect that to be like the thing you know and it's like well what's gonna happen maybe there'll be this like tense little moment and then they'll move like on mass for a while yeah exactly like, like this is gonna be thing. what the segment's about whereas yeah. no it is this big dramatic event and boom and it happens and they show it and it's really graphic um especially when he's running away that bit really got oh me. yeah when he had um, 
actually um, got. I was like, he was running. Yeah. And I was like, how's the bloke not shot him? Yeah. And then he gets the gun. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that bit was amazing. So, like, they probably yeah. had me in the first mo- uh, moments. Um, but then this is where I, I kind of um, disagree because then I just didn't think anything really happened. I was like, waiting for something to happen. He's kind of in hospital. He has these visions. You know, he meets this girl. And I, I got very bored during the segment where I was kind of waiting for something to happen. Um, and then it just ended. Um, so this was another one for me, like this, the last one, not as much because that one had no story. Um, but it, it kind of just ended to me and I was like, Oh, I just felt disappointed again. Like that was my overall yeah, no, I see feeling. What you mean. After yeah, I these. think it, like, I think it did a pretty good job of like telling you what his gift was at this point. You know, yeah. he, he, we're basically getting into six sense territory and yeah. kind of, you know, I quite enjoyed that and being in a hospital kind of seeing that. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it definitely didn't, you know, it started off fantastic and it really did go downhill from there, but it still stayed solid enough for me. Like it, yeah. it told a start, middle and end and the start was fantastic. And it gave me a middle and end that was, I thought was good. And it, it could have been stronger. Yeah. So I feel like they could have done a little bit more there. Um, especially with kind of like the final bit, um, because I, I didn't overly like the, the whole kind of final stuff with his mom and, and the backwards and forwards there. Um, but yeah, overall, I still thought it was good. Like, um, it's difficult though because when you've seen like mostly segments, you know, look at this movie overall. Like, mostly segments that didn't really hit, um, mm. and and the ones that hit didn't hit hard. Yeah, there isn't there isn't a single hard hitter in this. No. Um, you know, and then you've got this wraparound, which we haven't massively <laughs> talked about yet, which just is batshit crazy. Like, you've got Mickey Rourke given the worst acting performance of his life. <laughs> and, I mean, the man has got some stinkers to his name. And the, the, it's awful. We like, talk about this a lot with um, these, like, cameos that you obviously pay an actor to turn up to. And we always make fun of, like, Tony Todd for yeah, it. Yeah, but my God, he, he always gives us something yeah like like, at least he's like can still act like this was just painful where it's like how many drugs have you taken how many times have you been punched in the face because you can barely string a sentence together anymore yeah um and he was a legit actor as well like sliced alone but my god like rock has overtaken him oh completely and like i don't know what's happened in like even the last few years because like he was good in sin city and like the wrestler and stuff but he's gone to shit in the last few years and he's he's wearing this take his iron man performance at this point (laughs) he's wearing this ridiculous wig which isn't for this movie by the way like i don't know if you've seen (laughs) him in recent years but this is like what this is what he actually wears on his head for fun um and it's embarrassing of a man of his age it just looks ridiculous um and so it was my yeah my favorite part to be honest <laughs> he, so yeah he looked, like he looked so out of place as well because <laughs> the thing is it's 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 mickey rourke as you picture him you mm. know in this kind of you know like you say the ridiculous wig he's got this leather jacket on he's <laughs> trying to play this character that the then suddenly you're like hang on he's a cinema projectionist mm. like what I'm like, you realize Robert England's around. Like, you've got, you know, you, Tony Todd will do it. Like, yeah. the, these guys could have given something to the performance and also for like the horror genre, because I don't really know what the cachet is for Rourke. Yeah. Like, was he just like in town and like they just saw him at a bar and was like, well, you know, we, we'll have to pay for Todd's, you know, flights and accommodation, but Rourke's right here. 
Like, I, just yeah, don't I agree with you. Like, he's not one of the ones, is he? Where there's so right. many people that you can just throw yeah. in. Like these Bruce kind Campbell. Of people... Like, could you imagine Bruce Campbell as the projection? <laughs> Mate, this movie levels. would have been a ten out of ten. Like, there's no, there's no way they could get Bruce Campbell. But like, even maybe, like, obviously maybe, these old seventies like, and eighties horror Rourke, icons. But he's not one Rourke, of them. Is Rourke asking for more than Bruce Campbell? Me, or, I don't. Even... Or, or Campbell asking more than for Rourke? Like, I don't. Know. Like I said, I feel like they just bought his like t- a drinks tab that night, and yeah. he just like stumbled into the yeah, cinema. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Because like I agree with you. Like it is one of the worst things we've ever had yeah. to watch for this but show, it, and it's it, it's it laughable. It doesn't make sense. And like you say, the fact that you've now explained to me what these segments actually mean is mm. is nuts. That's Rourke's job. <laughs> you know because by the end of it like you know we get him putting the cinema reel and there's like a room full of reels and i was like mm. fuck off i don't want more of this <laughs> like that was my that was my initial reaction to that like i just yeah it's it's i can't really say miss potential to be honest like um you know i want anthology movies but yeah th- this one really just did did not do anything for me um, yeah I, overall like this movie's a big disappointment i yeah. think there's no standouts in any of the segments which is a shame um yeah. even like the couple of okay ones just aren't worth it because overall this is a real chore to get through well because um, even with us like we like different segments but it's literally a case of you might think it's a five and i think it's a four or three you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean or vice versa like there's, yeah. there's none of them that get into that you're not like holy shit like you know yeah. this is a nine out of ten you're like ah, this was all right it's a five yeah, like, yeah three <laughs> it really doesn't you know warrant a watch at all again Um, and we may as well talk about run times as well this movie's two hours long um which i don't know about you but it took me about four different sittings to get yeah i was was only one time when i watched two segments back to back because after one segment i just felt like oh the done one took me i think three attempts it definitely took me two i didn't even get through that in one go (laughs) i forced myself to at least see each segment for that but i was like oh god yeah i thought about doing that i I think it was the second one because because i enjoyed the second one i then immediately went into the nun one and then that's what happened with me that's what happened with me and that's why i paused it halfway through the nun one i was like nope (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah this is definitely a shame for me this is like a bottom five movie of the year and we've seen a lot of movies definitely i think we just like we have spoke about this we've seen a lot of consistency this year more so than we have probably other years Mm. Um, there were there were times in the past that we were seeing these sorts of movies fairly regular. Yeah. But we really, we're, you know, maybe we're getting better at picking what we're, we're doing mm. for the show. But I do honestly think the level of horror right now is is better than it's been since we've been doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it's getting stronger and stronger. Um, and, um, you know, thank God, because if we were doing these sorts of movies, I remember we had like a spell of seeing four or five in a row like this yeah. and being like, Oh, you know, we kind of liked whatever, you know, the movie was that was really bang average, but because it mm. was like a bang average one in, in comparison to three or four piss poor ones. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that, you know, we can be talking about stranger things at least a week ago. Um, because yeah, that, you know, it, there there isn't really any redeeming quality to this you know with these anthology movies quite often it's like oh well you could just kind of stick it on and like Mm. switch on when you want to but it's just not really worth it like there are better anthology movies out there the the wraparound does nothing not that it needs to but it really it, it it's to the movie's detriment yeah um and so yeah i just i just say don't bother yeah i was gonna say so that you wouldn't recommend this movie under any circumstance (laughs) no no like no (laughs) 
No, I can't either. Like, obviously, they're, they're like I agree with you. There are way better anthology movies out there. There are so many better movies this year. And I think this is, like, obviously, as we go on with the show, we have way more of our stuff that we cover is going to be the cinema releases. It's going to be the Netflix releases. Um, because, obviously, like, we would love to see more of these smaller on-demand releases. But the problem is there are so many, even when you look and you look at the on-demand services. It's a minefield. It really is. And so then you really have to sit down and you have to put way more research into it and to find out what are the actual good ones. And even something like this, where this could have been good, like anthologies, obviously you have more yeah, of a chance of at least liking some us. of it. And if you look at the names that are involved in this, we I haven't really discussed say, it. Yeah. But like, these aren't bums that made this yeah. movie. Cause like, like they've cause made like Joe stuff. Dante did one, didn't he? Like, yeah, which one he, did he do? He did the uh, plastic surgery one. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you've got names attached to this that have made like legit horror films. Um, yeah. but pretty much all of there's only one director who I don't think is very well known. Whereas the other four that were involved in this have at least made decent stuff in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're seeing something that's just completely random. And so yeah, that is where the disappointment comes into me because it's Guy an anthology movie. <laughs> yeah it's an anthology movie with like some genuinely good talent attached and some recognizable actors that we enjoy mm, and yeah. there are some actors who i didn't who i haven't seen before that i thought were good as well um the the child actors throughout all of the segments were very poor um which is worth noting because we talk about how yeah. amazing they are in so many different things and, and this shows you that when you get into the indie stuff like they were some of the line deliveries like in particular the fourth segment with her children like their line deliveries were oh so those poor. kids were awful yeah the, i was thinking <laughs> of the the um pianist in the last one he he was yeah. all right yeah like, you know he didn't do anything amazing but he was fine yeah but yeah it's a shame it's a real yeah. shame this one um, yeah i think i think we should just move on really Two um down yeah unfortunately but yeah that was our review of nightmare cinema uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back So yeah, of course, uh, you can always contact us on uh, Twitter if you have any questions or comments. Uh, hit us up uh, at shbpod. Um, and of course, you can always email us uh, at superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, this week, we have one from Sean. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. Um, uh, he sent us a very lengthy email again. So thank you very much. We love reading them. Um, there's a few points here I wanted to bring up for the show. Um, he basically was talking about, um, he said about It Chapter 2, because obviously we talked about the trailer last mm. week. Um, he's just so excited for this movie. Yes, it has to follow up the most successful horror movie, but with this cast, are you kidding me? Um, it just might Damn be the right. better of the two when all is said and done. Uh, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment, but the trailer does look amazing. And again, Chastain, McAvoy, Skarsgård, Hader, um, etc. Um, it's hard to feel not. It's hard to not feel positive about this movie. To be honest, what are you doing, Sean? What did I just say, mate? Like, <laughs> I cannot get more hyped about this. Why are you hyping me up? <laughs> yeah. So um, but yeah, we can't wait. Um, he also says, because uh, we talked about the Creepshow news last week, mm. um, I love the original Creepshow film, and I believe it's Romero's best film. Ooh, that, is that, is a, that is a hell of a show. Um, I would love to hear from you as to why. Obviously not to be like, oh, I can't believe it's that, but just more so like, why is it not one of the other ones? Um, because yeah, that is a very bold show. Um, but he mm. says, uh, but the new series could be decent. As long as you get some good stories based on the EC comics, uh, it could be a fun time. Uh, like you said, don't expect too much, and then hopefully we uh, will be pleasantly surprised. Maybe, maybe Sean's an anthology guy. 
<laughs> yeah. you out some nightmare cinema don't don't do that um <laughs> definitely don't do that um and then yeah, yeah he we've also done mentioned- hard work here yeah um he he talked about stranger things which of course we discussed last week just saying how much he loved the series um but then he mentioned an interesting point really talking about these um obviously we've been talking a lot about these streaming services and the ongoing battle Mm. um he says that uh this is one of the shows that i think a service like netflix can use as its flagship um the haunted hill house is another example i can see myself coming back to netflix just to see new seasons of shows like these um netflix's feature horror films are hit and miss for me but they have produced some interesting content for sure so perhaps i don't completely quit the service but just take breaks from it um once i've caught up with their original content um and yeah i think this is a good point because we talk about this a lot with these streaming services but i think this is I, i hear this a lot with like the american services with like hbo go for example where you hear that everyone obviously when game of thrones came back it's like everyone signs up to the service yeah um, watches game of thrones and then maybe you catch up on the other hbo shows that you've missed and then you cancel your subscription well obviously that that is their model you know like the hbo's and netflix like netflix gets the subscriberships for stranger things then they try to get the retention through just kind of like you know viewer laziness as well um yeah. it's just like our mindsets because i can completely agree with sean's point like why why do i feel like with shudder it's all or nothing yeah like if if shudder when creep show comes out why not pick it up for a month like yeah. these then the no commitment contracts like i've just um recently got now tv which in the uk is kind of like a non-contract subscription to like our sky tv yeah and i feel committed to the movie package on that now i'm like what, <laughs> what what's wrong with me yeah like it's a one month and, and constantly it's like cancel now one month obligation i've had it <laughs> running for like three months now i don't know what my problem is and it is really getting that new mindset of um yeah just cancel it in three or four months yeah, exactly. on the service again because you know in my mind i want to just have it all there at a button click mm. but but it's three button clicks away it's like renew yes view yeah i just i just feel like that's too far away and it's such a weird mindset that we need Mm. to adapt to and definitely come around to you know sean's way of thinking that you know there yeah there's times i don't pick up netflix for months so why am i paying for it yeah it's a good point well i think obviously because it's that back catalog isn't it they want you and especially with something like disney where of course they're going to want to drive new subscribers for their new content with the the marvel shows and the star wars but they hope that when you're not watching their new shows you're going to be like well let's watch all the back catalog of all this disney Mm. stuff um and that's why i keep it because i'm like i might want to watch zombieland at some point so i need netflix (laughs) (laughs) exactly in in the last 10 years you haven't needed to watch it once but who knows it might be just around the corner i might yeah (laughs) um but yeah he also went on to say um i thought it was a bit desperate for endgame to be re-released um just so it could be avatar but it definitely deserves celebration for the historic numbers produced um i'm with you matt i love james cameron in my opinion he hasn't directed a bad film yet and is one of the very best in cinema history um i need the abyss and true lies oh, yeah. Way, right? um, yeah you do yeah hopefully they'll and, and just t2 i know you've got it but, but get it again <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, he did, like, the. thank God that he re-released those, like, the first two Terminators with, like, 4K recently. Um, Yeah, I own it twice on (laughs) Blu-ray. And obviously, his recent movies. But, yeah, like, he needs to go back and redo, like, The Abyss in particular. I don't think there's any good, like, nice, really, re-releases of that. Um, Yeah, I know what you mean, but the guy's time is so precious as well. (laughs) Like... Peter Jackson is just like sat somewhere right now, like so he says, restoring all of his old ones. I'm <laughs> like, bro, that's cool and all, but you could be making new shit as well. 
Yeah, but we need those old movies, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with PJ, I'm kind of like down for what he's doing. But uh, Jimmy, yeah, C, if he's gonna like, make like another Hobbit movie or re-release his old stuff, re-release yeah, your old stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, Cameron Cameron's got some legs still. Like, yeah, he he is he is the master. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, I agree with the point on Endgame, but um, you know, Avatar did get two releases as well. So like, you know, <laughs> and Avatar will get a third. It definitely um, will. <laughs> so you know, this battle ain't over, and it's fun. No. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, and he, he says uh, finally, I love House from 1985. Um, Ooh, if you love classic. House, you're gonna love my talk in a minute. <laughs> he says uh, with Fre- uh, Fred Decker directing and Sean S. Cunningham producing, how can you not? Uh, how can you lose? Um, William Cat and George Went and other TV alums. Uh, you have a great cast for one of the best horror comedies of the 80s. Uh, if you're yeah, a fan of the 80s horror, I'd say it's a must see. Um, and he says thanks for another yeah, great episode, guys. Um, so yeah, yeah Sean. Uh, thank you very much for that, Sean. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll have some ongoing stuff with House to talk about. Um, Gosh, strap in. But yeah, because you you've been teasing some stuff as well. But I just wanted to briefly talk about because um, I've just been caning through TV shows recently, um, like a lot of different stuff. But the one thing I wanted to talk about because um, I can't remember if I ever mentioned it on the show, but I got a Stephen King audiobook recommended to me a few months back, um, which is one of his newer ones actually. It's the uh, it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, which uh, I should have looked it up now because I think it was released around twenty eleven. It's definitely one of the newer. Yeah, bring, King I remember it coming out. Um, whereas, so not as talked about as obviously his classics. Um, but it was, yeah, it was recommended to me for the audiobook, which I haven't checked out yet. Um, but I saw that it got adapted into a TV show. Um, I think it was around 2015. Um, I think it was a Hulu one, it was a one off one. Um, so I kind of remember this. Yeah, it was, so they did the mini series just based upon it. And, um, (laughs) I, I ended up watching the whole mini series. And for people that don't know anything about it, it's got such a fun setup, which is basically this guy has the ability to go back in time um this, this and, has someone big in it doesn't it uh yes james franco is the lead oh, in the tv show right. yeah i um, remember this um but yeah the setup is he gets to go back in time and of course the whole setup of this uh this book and this oh, tv I show for people now. yeah i remember the don't book. know what the the title mm. is it's the he's trying to prevent the assassination of jfk yeah um, and of course, through that, you're going to have loads of different things that happen and inevitably get in the way. Um, but it's a really interesting take on um, time travel because it's not like a traditional time travel story. It's not all back and forth. It's kind of obviously it's set in modern times. But then once you get that initial jump back to the 60s, it's basically a story set in the 60s um, because yeah. he's kind of he kind of he asked. So in the TV series, I need an audio book. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say this is definitely one you should check out. But um, obviously, everything that I know is based upon the TV series. So this may or not may not be different to the book in slightly different ways, of course. Um, but in the TV show, he you have to go back to 1960. It's always the same date that you go back to. It's not like you can pick and choose or anything. Um, right. And obviously, you need to get to 1963. So it's very much like you have to go there, live a life, get a job, you know, mm. settle down, and then like kind it. of like learn information and, and your whole time be studying and learn about Lee Harvey Oswald and all that stuff um, because he's not even in America in 1960. Um, and Brilliant. so... And so, yeah, it's, it's really good. I really enjoyed the TV show. Um, like I said, it got recommended to me, the audiobook. So I would definitely recommend other people to check that out. And I could see where that would be a lot better because there are certain things in the show where they obviously had to just gloss over it for time. Mm. Um, but it's really kind of emotional in a way that I don't think a lot of King stuff is. Like it's very much, it focuses on the human yeah, well, I remember, relationships. I remember when this came out, it felt tonally different. 
Yeah, because it's it's a period piece, obviously set in the 60s, but it's very much about the focus is obviously, it brings you in with the JFK stuff, but the focus slowly oh, goes away 30, from that. 30 hour audiobook. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. but yeah, if you're in the mood for a new one, it, it's one that I would recommend if you're into that sort of stuff, obviously, and it's cool because it's got that that new style of listen it's set upon a you know real life event like the jfk shooting but obviously this is stephen king's version of it so he does he's not mm. afraid to change little parts of history yeah um because of course like it's it. a time travel story so he's obviously this character is literally trying to change history mm-hmm. um but yeah i enjoyed it obviously I, i've only seen the tv show so that's what i would recommend but yeah hopefully you'll check out the audiobook because i think you'd really like it mm. um and it's different for a stephen king one as well because it's not you know straight up horror it's kind of got like it's got a science fiction twist but it's also kind of it's more of like the the romance side of it and kind of the relationships because obviously when you go and live your life in a different time period Mm. he always knows in the back of his mind that he's gonna have to leave at some point and so yeah yeah, that's some really it's really cool i really really like it it. yeah definitely check it out um but yeah that's that's pretty much it well what have you been doing in the last few weeks i mean house movies (laughs) like where do you want to start quiz me i've seen them all have you seen them all (laughs) (laughs) What, you watched two week, through man. five since we last recorded. Two through four, man. There's only four house movies. Oh, is there? Oh, I thought there was five. Nah, there's only four, bro. Oh, I've just made enough. one up. Four, four is enough. <laughs> All right. Wow. I'm so jealous. I really want to watch them. How are they? Whoo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shall I just watch the first one? <laughs> no. No. no? You, I, I, I want you to die as well. Like this. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's a journey, man. It's, yeah. it's a goddamn journey. Did I hate the journey? No. Was it a fantastic <laughs> journey? No. Was it weird as shit? Yes. Mm. Um, but in a good eighties way. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't even know, man. Like I. <laughs> I feel like I've just gone insane this week watching them all in mm. quick succession. Like House Two is. Uh, first of all, each one of these movies has nothing to do with. The, the the preceding movie um they barely have anything to do with a house at times um i really <laughs> it's fantastic like i don't have any idea really is why. it like the like, troll too it pretty much is <laughs> like like in house two yes it is primarily set in a house um house three not at all like it ends <laughs> up being in a house and, and and you know the family lives in a house and house four is about a house but anyway enough about houses <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, like House 2 is a comedy um, with some horror elements. Um, a guy inherits a house uh, from his, uh, and, and he, he knows his kind of grandpa was this kind of cowboy that was all like uh, legend for having this skull, pretty much like Indiana Jones skull, and um, decides that his granddad is probably buried with the skull, so he's going to dig him up to get it. And uh, finds out that his granddad has been alive the whole time, buried under there, and he brings him home. And um, comedy ensues. <laughs> um, there are dinosaurs uh, <laughs> in this movie, Christ. and it's 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 batshit crazy. Like, mm. it, yeah, it it was it was fun. Like, it, it was not good, but it was fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, proper zany. Um, it's really funny because in like house three is billed as like the scary one, even though house one right. scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, house three is kind of like about this serial killer that gets caught by um cop gets electrocuted and comes back from the dead. Kind of, he's found a way I to I remember that channel one. himself. Yeah. I kind of vaguely remembered it. That as rings well. a bell. It's, 
it's a cooler premise than what the movie kind of ends up being. Mm. Um, I wanted more of the killer being a killer. Um, and it's more about the cop and kind of like his kind of downward spiral. And then people thinking that he's got stuff wrong with him, but really it is the killer being back and stuff. And like, it's, it's inevitably not really what I wanted, but it, it kept me engaged and, you know, it kept the franchise going. Uh, <laughs> and then house four ended it all um, <laughs> in spectacular fashion. I imagine. Yeah. House... Is it the end game of horror films? Yeah, I'd say so. It's the end game of the house franchise. Um, <laughs> definitely, it's it's really it's really bizarre because none of these movies, like I say, car- carry on from each other at all. Um, uh, William Cat is back in this movie playing Roger Cobb um, and d- d- dies in the opening scene. <laughs> spoiler alert well yeah i mean it's the opening scene man like it's on the imdb description (laughs) because like i honestly started watching this movie and then wanted to bring up the imdb and the opening line is roger cobb is killed in a car accident i'm like (laughs) okay so it's like it's there i should have known this going in um and yeah, it's all about his widow and this weird house that's not the house from the original movie. Like, this is not Roger Cobb from the original movie. There's no mention of him being a writer or anything. It's it's not. And um, it's all about his widow, like, wanting to keep this house that was in his family. And it's on an Indian burial ground. And he's got this evil brother that's trying to take the house from her. And it's... It's the only one that really, um, you can tell why it stopped at this point, because the other two movies aren't good, but they have this kind of, you know, nowhere near the level of house, but this kind of, you know, this this 80s kind of charm to them that you kind of like, okay, I can, you know, keep watching these, you know, not, not to the level of like Troll 2, but do you know what I mean? That sort of thing where you're kind of like, okay, but this one just really had nothing. Mm. Um, it. It yeah, it's really funny having watched like this and Phantasm, where it really is the last movies in those two were just like bump. Okay, can can see why it stops now. It's safe to put it in a box set. Arrow, yeah. there's gonna be no more of these. Um, so yeah, that that was my week, man. Like well, it was a weird week. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a weird one. <laughs> it was a weird week. Um, what I would say is to to bring me back. I did rewatch Life Changer. Oh, nice. Uh, and my God, that is a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this show, mm. but it is worth talking about again. Like, it's my first rewatch. Mm. Um, for kind of UK listeners, it is on Sky slash Now TV um, on your subscription. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wish there yeah. was like a nice Blu ray of it. I wish there was too. I did. I, I have because there is a Blu-ray, and I have it like in my Amazon to like notify me when it becomes available because oh, I think right. it's region free. But right. I, I, I don't actually think it exists. Right. It's never been available, <laughs> yeah. like secondhand or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie's just so goddamn fantastic. Like watching it the second time because obviously we were caught up in the enigma and kind of the moment of fright fest. Like you can definitely watching it again at home. Like you can see the kind of slight rough around the edges that this is so low budget and like you know some of the things aren't as well rounded but the movie is still bloody fantastic Mm. you know like um it it, um the core of it you know this kind of um person that has to kind of 
you know, uh, absorb the person's identity and kind of keep moving on. Um, it's just so good. It starts like the pacing is fantastic. It just starts and it just keeps going. And like it, this movie has zero pacing issues. It, it really does just mm. absolutely fly by. And yeah, it's a great time. Um, and so for me, this is one of the most darling kind of indie, indie movies that I've I've seen because it it really it it like I say it screams like this movie I'd imagine was made for about a hundred dollars <laughs> like it really just he just got all these mates and like the the effects are still really decent yeah like especially towards the end there's some real like the real final scenes have some really good effects to them um and and yeah it's it's just a gem of a movie and one that i know people won't have seen like uh, you know not many people would have seen so yeah if you haven't seen this then just check it out yeah, it's the movies like that that make this show really worth doing because we mm. really wanted to find stuff like that. That was always yeah, the... because like it, everyone in the world's talking about. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, the life changes are really these things that we want to champion. Yeah, and we were so lucky to obviously see it at Fright Fest, yeah. and I'm glad that we've got to mention it multiple times. And I agree with you. Yeah, there's no, there's no, um, there's there's not a way where you can just immediately gloss over it. Like it's always worth talking about. And obviously, we put mm. it on our top ten for a reason, and we stand by yeah. that. Um, but yeah, yeah and it's not you... there. It's not there just because oh, it's an indie movie. And yeah. We want to give it credit. Like it's there because it was one of the ten best movies we saw last year. Yeah, or, or the yeah, it was last year. Wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, just uh, one brief thing before we close. Have you watched any of the Scream Resurrection TV show nah, yet? No, I don't want to. Are you going to watch any of it? I mean, yeah, I'm done with house movies now. So. <laughs> I'll save it for next week, regardless of if you've seen it or not, because in all honesty, I can't waste any more headspace thinking about this, but I watched it a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I've been like burning up inside because i need to rant and rave about it i'll, I'll um, watch one episode you okay? only need to watch one just yeah, watch the opening feel, scene of the first one and you'll get the gist yeah. i feel like that's all i'll do i'll watch one episode and, and then we can review the season yeah because we need to give out a warning for people so they don't waste their time like i did um but yeah, yeah. we'll talk about it because my god it is worth talking about um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week um Obviously, we talked about Nightmare Cinema, which is a little bit disappointing. Mm, um, I'm going to remember this for the house movies. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. That's what this week's going to be for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> episode 152. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Cause I never could, and how could I start that?